Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, a much-needed win for the Hawks last night. Why is there so much angst against Trey Young and what my gut tells me is going to happen at the deadline? It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. You can head to youtube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. We're trying to go to 6,000 folks to be a part of our ever-growing community. Leave us a comment. We are free and available to download Spotify, all of your favorite podcast platforms, we can be found on all of those. Roku and Amazon Fire, yes, we are on those platforms as well. Crazy as it is, we are available to download there. And then follow me on my personal Twitter page, at JMCH316. Well, the Hawks got a much-needed win uh, last night after back-to-back -back losses um, You know, to really maybe some inferior teams. And you know, while Oklahoma City record-wise is within a game or two of the Atlanta Hawks, I mean, they're they're out of the playoff mix. I mean, they're they're not even in the play-in tournament with uh, everything. But it was a good win. You go on the road. I think the Hawks have won six of their last eight games on the road. So the Hawks have been pretty good here on the road of late. Hawks shot their best percentage of the season, 59.5%. And Trey was really good last night. I mean, you know, listen, he, he had a monster night last night. I think he moved into, uh, what is it, like uh, the, the second place, of, uh, you know, among guys that are 25 years or younger for the most 20-point, 10-assist games in the NBA. I think Isaiah Thomas has the only, has the uh, the record. So a lot of good things that came out of last night. But one thing stood out to me you know one one thing that stood out to me was and i keep going back to saying some of the same things but did you see the steal or the or i should say the block shot against sga last night that pretty much sealed the game up you know dejounte murray had a block against oklahoma city's best player and then he got fouled and hit a couple of free throws, you know, late in the game and, and put the game on ice. And I keep saying this, you know, the Hawks are the Hawks record-wise are one game better year over year than at this time. You know, so 49 games in, the Hawks have one more win. But I keep going back to this team would have lost a lot of these. There's a whole bunch of these games that this team would have lost last year. And I don't know if they're, you know, people ask me, well, are the Hawks better? Are they worse or this or that? I don't know. But but I do know DeJounte Murray has been the difference. And you, you, just, you just see when he's on the court. You know, this is not about leading the team in scoring, not about having the most assists, not about having the most rebounds, but... He 
unlike a lot of guys on this team, he makes winning basketball plays, whether it's a steal, a block shot, a key basket, a couple of free throws late. You know, there are so many winning plays that DeJounte Murray makes night in, night out that, you know, for this team, you know, look, they could be a lot worse record-wise. And, and when you talk about the idea that they are the, you know, may, maybe arguably the most dysfunctional organization in the NBA, you know, when, when you're getting articles written about you, about how dysfunctional you are and your front office situation and, you know, the general manager and this and that and the president of basketball operations, forget just on the court. You know, when you've got all of this drama and the head coach and the star player don't seem to be able to get along, when you've got all of this other drama, it could very well take away from what the performance is on the court. But, you know, the Hawks are hanging in there. I don't know that the backstage drama has had as much of an effect, but I do know if you didn't have DeJounte Murray, as I said the other day, there are probably six, eight, or more games that this team would have lost. He's just not fake. He just goes out there and he's fundamentally sound and he plays winning basketball. And, you know, I said this Friday night after the Knicks game, and I may have said on the podcast here, he's the MVP of this team. I, I don't I don't really even know how anybody can argue. He's not the best player on this team. That's still Trey Young's mantle. You know, he's not the leading rebounder or the leading scorer or whatever, leading assist guy, whatever. He's none of those things. But there's nobody on the court that has more winning basketball plays. You know that they had, you know, the stat that they had in the old days of, of baseball game-winning RBI, you know, for, for the for the 1980s, that was a big fad, a big fad stat about, you know, most game-winning RBI, right? Like that was, a, that was a big stat through the 1980s. If there was a, a stat that, that was measuring game-winning plays in the NBA, I, I don't know enough about the NBA to have watched everybody. But I guarantee you DeJounte Murray would be right near the top of those kinds of lists. And, and he just does so many little things, you know, and sometimes they show up in the box score, sometimes that they don't. But, you know, it would have been very easy to give that game away. You know, that game was 77-77 at the half. Think about that. Th those two teams scored almost 80 points per side at the half. There was no perimeter defense being played, all kinds of craziness. But when there was a play that needed to be made at the end of that game, DeJounte Murray delivered with the block on SGA, with hitting the two free throws to put it out of reach, to make it a two-possession game. And that was it. And we're going to talk about Trey Young here in, in just a second. And I'm not knocking Trey when when I say this. It's just Trey's the best player. He's the best scorer. He's arguably the best facilitator and things. You know, and he had a, a big night last night, right? You know, he was outstanding last night. He was three of six from uh, three-point land, 
which certainly is a big improvement. He was 10 for 20 from the field, 10 for 11 from the free throw line. That's outstanding. He had 33 points, 11 assists. And the thing, though, is when you look at these numbers, okay, Murray had 21 points and uh, three assists last night. But, but and, and some folks buy into the stat. Some folks don't buy into the stat. Trey Young, when he was on the court, was a minus 11. When DeJounte Murray was on the court, he's a minus one. And for lack of a, 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 a you know, for a, a really simplistic way to say all this, that's winning basketball. That that's that's a winning basketball formula. So again, Trey's the best player and all this kind of stuff, but Murray has more moments and, and more, you know, more uh what do I want to say, you know, I, I moments is is the best way to say it, that that he plays winning basketball and he's helped this team out time and time again. Go back to the first night in Houston. You know, when they first played the Rockets at, at State Farm to that very, the very first game of the year, all the way through now to game 49 with all of it. He plays winning basketball. I really, if the Hawks didn't have DeJounte Murray this year, brother, they, they'd be in some really rough shape. But it was a good win for the Hawks, much needed. We'll talk some more Hawks basketball here in just a minute. But first, let me talk about my friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Listen, we're excited because Locked On Sports has made FanDuel the number one. It, it's the, our, our new sports betting partner. It's the number one sportsbook in America. If you're new to FanDuel, we've got a great deal for you here. So listen, you can make betting easy and fun, but we've got a deal for you here where you can get $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. So if you're new to FanDuel, sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And you'll get $150 in free bets guaranteed when you make your first $5 bet. FanDuel's got your money lines, point spreads, player props, everything that you can have there. But it's a safe, secure, and easy-to-use application. So Football fans, you know, listen, we've got a big conference championship weekend coming up here. Make your first $5 bet at FanDuel.com. Sign up today and you'll get $150 free in free bets, win or lose, and we hope that you win when you sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL. So I have this question, and and I keep going back and forth with everything. Like there are there's a segment of the fan base that would be of the idea of trading Trey Young. And then there's another section of the fan base that thinks that's ridiculous and that's the guy that we've got to build around. But but there is definitely I don't want to say some momentum, but there certainly isn't as much support or as many people rallying around Trey Young is what there used to be. 
Now, I don't know if it's because some of the things have become public, just the feud with Nate McMillan. I don't want to say, I don't know, feud is the right the right word, but disagreements that Nate McMillan and Trey Young have. But there does there just doesn't seem to be as much overwhelming support for Trey Young is what there used to be. And, and why is that? Well, I mean, certainly the lack of success for the team. When Trey Young is making super max money, like he's not just making max money, he's making super max money because he got third team all NBA last year, kicked in all the super max deals and everything like that. So when you have a guy that's making super max money, everybody's going to point to him. Now, have they built the best roster around him? No, but it's not like he's played with bums. You know, I mean, we've talked about they're starting five when healthy. So look at it from this year. Murray, Trey, Hunter, uh, Capella, and John Collins. That's a pretty good starting five. You know, you've got a a decent wing defender in Hunter. You've got a guy who can do some inside-outside stuff in John Collins. You have one of the better rebounders in the NBA and a pretty decent rim protector. And then you should have a dynamic backcourt. You know, Trey is a star in the league. DeJounte Murray is one of the best two-way players in the entire NBA. But it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like there's as much love for Trey Young as what there's been. And look, there's a lot of people that want to get rid of Nate McMillan as soon as they possibly can and bring in a coach. And we talked about the idea of, you know, the dead spin article that said, is Trey Young a coach killer? Well, you know, in all honesty, I mean, if you if you're looking at this objectively, if you're if you're going on to your third coach in six years and you're a star player, there is something wrong with that. You know, and I think some of the things go back to what Trey Young said last year that when he said the regular season doesn't matter and we're just trying to get through it and we want to get to the playoffs. You know, that didn't sit well with a lot of people. And then you went out and pretty much laid an egg all through the regular season, right? I think you got the number nine seed, but then you had to be in two play-in games. And, you know, you were coming off the Eastern Conference Finals where we thought, okay, we're going to be, you know, in pretty good shape and maybe we can be a top four or five seed, but we should certainly be like a four through six seed. And then it just kind of all went away. And I think when you're the star and you make that super max money and you come out and say the regular season doesn't matter and things like that, you know, to your, you know, paying customers, your your ticket, you know, your your fan base, you know, that's that's your ticket holders. I just think that that rubbed people the wrong way. And then you compound it with we weren't a very good team during the regular season. And then we've not been a very good team during the regular season of this year. You know, even adding DeJounte Murray, you know, what are we, a game above 500 right now and still sitting eighth in the Eastern Conference. And yeah, again, a couple, three games here and we could be, you know, five or six or we could be, you know, 10, 11. But there doesn't seem to be as much of that 
just belovedness or just rallying around Trey. And, and I do think that when you talk about the comments from last year, and it's not like Trey has, it's not like Trey has fallen off a cliff. He's not having a great statistical season, right? He, he's shooting a very low percentage. I think it's 31%, 31 percent, 31 and a half percent, or whatever like that from three. He was three of six last night. We talked about yesterday on the show. He's 143rd in three point percentage. You know, you can't be you can't be the level of Trey when you've given up. You know, Luka Doncic, who is making a run at the MVP, right? You know, you you can't have been involved in that kind of a deal and get the supermax money, and then I don't want to say laying an egg, but but certainly he's not had his best season. And I thought he played really well last year. I mean, I, I thought he I thought the last couple of years he's been outstanding. You know, coming off of his rookie year where he really got his feet wet and then you know, the Eastern Conference Finals run, and then even last year, and he stepped up in the playoffs. When when it mattered most, you know, in the play-in games, he stepped his game up. But I think when you look at the way that they finished up against Miami, where they were certainly overmatched by all of it, and the comments that he made last year, like, it's all of these little things. It's not that he's a bad player. It's not that he's had a big step backward and he's having a disastrous season, but there just isn't that connection. And I think we all want to see Trey just step up and be a leader. You know, whether or not he gets along with his coach, just step up and be the leader of this franchise. And, and maybe that's not what he's capable of doing. You know, just because you make the most money on a team doesn't mean that you're the automatic leader of the team. You would like to think that those things go hand in hand, but they don't always happen that way. You know, and it's funny, some of the conspiracy theories. Oh, we haven't been the same same team since Solomon Hill left. Solomon Hill? Like if, if that's the guy that's been the big difference between us being a you know, top tier team in the Eastern Conference ready to make a playoff run. And we're just literally playing, you know, getting in the playing around. If Solomon Hill's that big of a difference, then we've got all the wrong guys. We've, we've got all we've we've got we've got all the wrong guys. Collins, Bogey, Hunter, we got all the wrong guys. But you would you would just think that this franchise should be better. And you know, maybe DeJounte Murray has acquiesced a little bit. You know, maybe he looks at this as Trey Young's team, but I would love to see DeJounte Murray step up and take a little bit more of a leadership role. You know, it's going to be fascinating to see. You have DeJounte Murray for this year, and then you've got him for next year. But then after that, he's an unrestricted free agent, and he could very much walk. I'm going to be very curious to see if the Hawks hitch their wagon to him. Because he's going to be a max money caliber player, right? Like he's probably going to get a he's probably going to get a contract bigger than what John Collins has, and we'll talk about that here in just a minute. He's probably going to get a bigger uh, contract than what John Collins is, you know, get what is getting. I think it's five for one twenty five or whatever like that. 
he's going to get, you know, a max type of deal. But there just seems to be some kind of chromosome missing that this franchise isn't better. And, and it's, I think, a big reason why Tony Wrestler has not been willing to get into the luxury tax. Because they look at this, you know, they look at this franchise, and, and if you're Tony Wrestler, you're saying, okay, I'm paying Trey Young Supermax money. I'm paying John Collins a lot of money. I'm paying um, uh, Clint Capella a good amount of money. I just signed up, you know, DeAndre Hunter to a big time extension, probably more than he's worth at $23 million a year for a 15 5 guy that's a, a good but not great defensive player. Like they've paid out a whole bunch of this money to these guys. But there's some kind of chromosome missing. And again, you know, maybe Trey should be more of a leader. Maybe that's the responsibility that you have when you come along and you're the highest paid guy and you're a super max guy, right? Because it is. I mean, you know, you when you look at Trey Young, you think that he should naturally be the leader because he makes the most money. But again, it doesn't really always work that way. And, and I really hope that they find a way to keep DeJounte Murray here. You know, it'll be interesting to see if DeJounte Murray honestly just gets away from the mess of what the Hawks and Trey Young are, and, and he just goes off to another franchise. If he stays here, that'll tell me a lot. That'll tell me a lot about – because remember – Trey Young basically recruited DeJounte Murray. You know, they were all on board with bringing in DeJounte Murray here. You know, he had talked about it. And I, I interviewed DeJounte Murray when he first came to the Hawks and, you know, talked to him about that and him and Trey's relationship and all that. It's not that they have a bad relationship or anything, but you wonder whether or not a guy like DeJounte Murray will look at the dysfunction of this organization and head for higher ground especially if they are on their third coach in six years. So I don't know what the what the real issue is. If it's just, if it is Nate McMillan, if there is some immaturity on Trey Young's part, but it just doesn't feel like he's as beloved a figure as he was just a few years ago. And maybe winning cures everything like that, but it just, it doesn't feel right now like he's the guy that is the same beloved character. All right. Uh, besides making uh hitting hard with John Trucker, your first listen every day, make locked on sports today. Your second listen, biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. So what does my gut tell me? about what's going to happen at the trade deadline. Are the Hawks buyers or are they sellers? Well, I don't think the answer is as easy as just pick one side or the other. I think they're going to be a little bit of both. So let's go through a couple of scenarios, okay? John Collins. You know, there has been more and more momentum about the idea of general, man uh, general managers across the league are not picking up the phone to put together any kind of trade scenario for John Collins. It's a big time contract and the production versus the contract doesn't match. 
And unless the Hawks, now let me, let me repeat this, unless the Hawks are willing to offer a good compensation package, John Collins isn't going to be moved. And, you know, we talk about the things that Travis Schlenk did, you know, a lot of the good things. Well, this contract's not proving out to be a, a very good thing for the Atlanta Hawks at the end of the day, you know, and again, he's not a max player, but a $25 million guy that just kind of, you know, can't get in the flow and the rhythm offensively at times. And he's played well at times. I mean, I, I think, I think John's had a pretty solid season. You know, last night you look at, he's got 19 points and 10 rebounds. He should be a double, double guy every single night, but that contract is proving to be, you know, and, and I understand coming off the Eastern Conference Finals and you felt like you had to sign him and all this kind of stuff. You know, I'm not mad that John Collins is here and he's, you know, getting the $25 million. But if you're realistically looking at moving him, the contract probably doesn't match. And there's reports that a lot of general managers just aren't in the marketplace to take on John Collins and his contract you know, when you have to give up assets and things like that. Now, Bogey Bogdanovich, I think he's the number one guy that will be moved at the deadline. So, you know, and we go back to the money aspect of it. So Bogey has a player option for next year, okay? That is just over $18 million. Now, Bogey certainly won't get that kind of number from another team. Do you run the risk if you're the Atlanta Hawks of you keep Bogey on the team and then he's got a player option at the end of the year? If he picks that thing up, you know, because look, he certainly didn't come into the year healthy, you know, coming off a year last year where you know, he was hurt at the very end of the year. And then, you know, he was coming in the offseason hurt and he missed a whole bunch of time. Do you run the risk if you're the Atlanta Hawks about you keep him on the roster to make a playoff run and then he picks up that $18 million option on his contract and now you're kind of stuck with him until you can maybe get to the trade deadline. I don't know that the Hawks want to do that. I don't know that they want to roll the dice. And again, we come back to the money aspect of it because Tony Ressler, and I think that this has been a conscious effort from him, you know, hasn't been willing to get into the luxury tax. He's not dipped his toe in. They're, they're getting right up to that edge, right? They're, they're getting right up to the edge of the pool to where momentum is going to put them in the water no matter what. And again, I'll say that the natural attrition of some of these contracts as guys make more money and things like that, you know, it's going to put you into the luxury tax. How far into the luxury tax that you want to go, you know, is a different story. So I don't think that they roll the dice with Bogey, and I think that they do everything that they can to move him. Now, whether or not you consider that an addition, a subtraction, whatever like that, they're not going to probably get a lot in return for a, a guy like Bogey who, you know, by and large, you know, he can he can certainly just play out the rest of the year. And if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't pick up his option, he'll become a free agent after that. 
So if you're another team, you have to be wary of what's going on with Bogey. But I think Bogey's going to be on the move. I think Collins is going to stay put. I think at best they're going to add a a low-tier bench piece or two, you know, maybe a defensive-minded guy, you know, because they kind of have their point guard in Holiday. They've, they've got, you know, A.J. Griffin who can score. You know, I don't know that they'll replace a bogey with his scoring, but maybe somebody defensive-minded. So I think that they'll move on from bogey. They'll, for lack of a better term, be stuck with John Collins and maybe just add at best a bench piece or two that are low-tier kinds of guys that don't cost them a whole lot of money that puts them in any kind of luxury tax danger. It may not be the place where Hawks fans want to be, but it's just the reality of the situation. I don't know that they'll risk having Bogey on the roster to pick up his player option, and I don't think that they want to immediately go into any kind of luxury tax situation. It's You're, you're kind of like in a, in a real gray area of in-between with this Atlanta Hawks roster. You probably have to make do with what you have and hope that guys stay healthy and guys can come together and their starting five can carry the load into the playoffs. All right, thank you so much for making Hit and Heart with John Chuck for your first listen every day. Make Locked On Sports Today your second listen. Uh, biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, uh, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast from. We ask you to head to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. Be a part of our growing community. We're trying to get to 6,000 folks. Leave us a comment. We're free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, all of your favorites. You can download us for free there. And then Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, we are on those platforms as well. We can be found uh, there. Leave us a review on everything that uh, that you do, a five-star review for everything that you be uh, involved in. And then follow me at JMCH316 on my personal Twitter page. We'll have a little bit of fun tomorrow. We'll preview the Royal Rumble and get into some other things. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. 